Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We are continuing a series called Behold. Would you say it with me? Behold. Behold. And uh, it's a series we've been doing for the last two, two weeks or so, looking at different points of view uh, of people at this time of Christmas. And we've been looking at the point of view of uh, Mary, and then it was Joseph, and then today we're going to look at the shepherds, and uh, just to see what the Christmas story meant for them. And week one, we looked at Mary and how uh, there were some certain phrases, right? The angel comes and she she wondered, she, she pondered, she asked the question, how can this happen? And then she finally said, Lord, let it be. And I think that's a great statement for us as Christians, as believers today to say, hey, God, we got all these questions, we got all these thoughts that we might have, but God, let it be in our lives. And then last week, Pastor Gabby looked at Joseph and how Joseph is often the forgotten person in the story and the life, the birth of Jesus Christ. It's kind of like not as much emphasis is placed on him and how maybe sometimes we feel like maybe we're a little bit like that as well, a little bit forgotten by people or by God. But what Pastor Gabby mentioned or what she shared was that Joseph was a piece in the puzzle of God's master plan of redemption and salvation for all of humanity. And I want to remind you today that you too are a piece of God's puzzle for mankind. It's salvation uh, for Jesus Christ to come into the world. And so Mary and Joseph had behold moments They had these divine encounters. We talked about in week one, divine means of God. They had a moment of God where they encountered Him in these times. And so across the weeks of this series, we've been looking at two uh, questions in every message that we've shared. The first question was, how does this, well, sorry, what does this divine encounter uh, reveal about the person who is having the divine encounter? So Mary, Joseph, or shepherds, and then also ourselves. And then the second question we've been answering is, what does this divine encounter reveal about God? And the thought is this, that 2,000 years ago, uh, men and women had a divine encounter, a behold moment with God at this time, and that 2,000 years later, we here today, living in a place called Melbourne, in a church called Elevation Church, can also have divine encounters with God and with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and see something powerful happen in our lives. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that we are here to meet with you. Our desire this year is to have encounters with God. So I pray this morning we have already had that in our time of praise and worship, maybe in the pre-service talking to people. I pray that we would have that right now through your scriptures, through your word that you would speak through me and minister to people. Holy Spirit, let us leave here not the same, but different. Thoughts changed. Uh, Sickness healed, Lord God. Mindsets renewed, Lord Jesus, as we encounter your word amongst this story of Christmas. We pray for that in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said? Come on, everyone said? Turn to someone and say, it is great to be in church this morning. This morning, I want to start off today with a little bit of a parent brag, if that's okay. Uh, I know that when I went before I had kids and parents would always brag about their kids, I'd always be like, I don't care, you know, but I got the microphone, so 
you're going to care this morning, all right? And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we got a letter in the mail from um, our eldest daughter's school. Uh, her name is Joelle. She's 17. And we got a letter in the mail from the school. Uh, not a bad letter, a good letter. Uh, she wasn't being suspended or anything like that. It, it was uh, sometimes PKs are like that, right? Um <laughs> Going right off track right now, really going off the off the rails here. Anyway, we got a letter in the mail and it said that you have been invited to attend an awards night for your daughter. She is receiving an award. So Joelle is in year eleven, and so we were like, "This this is great." It didn't give any details of what the award was about, but it just said, "Come along. Uh, this is the time you have to be here, where you've got to be, all those types of things." We we knew that she had done quite well during the year. She was. Averaging very good grades, uh, just, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Let me tell you that, okay? Um, and um, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we suspected that maybe it might be for languages. She did very, very well in Italian this year, which is maybe cheating a little bit because the, the, her family speaks Italian. Uh, buongiorno, uh, come stay, you know, Mickey Amo Bronson, Blackmore. How do you say I'm handsome? I don't know. Uh, anyway, Wednesday night we rock. It was this Wednesday night we rock up to the awards ceremony, and, and we're there. And the only students that are there are the students who are getting awards. Right? Like, this is not a, a general assembly. It's an, it's an awards night where only students getting awards are receiving awards. So there's probably I don't know maybe a hundred students there across all the different year levels, year seven all the way through to year twelve, and, and the awards uh, uh, um, start at year seven. So we're year 11, right? So we're having to wait for all those awards to happen. And so you're waiting for those. Uh, like I said, about 100 students out of about 1,200 students at a high school. And so there's awards for maths, English, science, the arts. There are special uh, awards for uh, extracurricular activities, uh, Australian Defence Force awards, uh, all types of different awards from different organisations that are being handed out. It finally gets to year 11 and Joelle gets an award for languages, the top student in her subject for year 11. Fantastic. Uh, and then it comes to the end of the evening and it's time for the Ducks Awards for each year 11. Uh, each year 11 uh, level. Uh, honestly, I had to look up dark ducks because I'm like, what is this? Because I never got invited to any awards nights, okay, at primary school, high school, or uni. I was not at the awards nights. Okay, so I looked it up, and, and if you don't know what it is, the, the ducks awards, D-U-X, it's not, it's not D-U-C-K-S, not ducks. The ducks award is for the top student academically for that year level. So these, this, this is a room full of students who have got awards for being the best in an area and then the Ducks are receiving awards because they are the best across the whole year level, the whole year level. And so, so uh, to our surprise, Joelle got the Ducks award for year 11. She's cringing really hard right now. She got the Ducks Award for year 11. It was so very proud of you, Joelle. An incredible accomplishment. Look, honestly, we don't know where it come from, but we're going to claim it. We're going to claim it as our own. Uh, ever received an award today? Maybe, maybe for school? Maybe you too uh, were a Ducks. I don't know. Maybe, or, or maybe you received an award through sporting activities or maybe in your uh, work environment, in your career or your business. There's been an awards night. You've gone along. You've received those award. You've received that award. 
awards go to people who are doing well or achieving well in their in their field or who are trying hard to do well in their field. They're an acknowledgement of effort and hard work. And they're often given to those who are doing the best in an area or the field of work. Sometimes the best of the best, best like uh, the Ducks Award. Well, today we're looking at a group of people, uh, a behold moment when a group of shepherds were visited by a host of angels. But unlike perhaps you getting an award at school or for your sporting achievements or maybe uh, for your career, uh, unlike you, most, spo- most scholars will tell us that the shepherds were not really looked at in Jewish society as the best of the best. They were not necessarily even viewed as, as best in an area. That They were, were not even seen as necessarily good. They were, they were just seen as people who were out in the area doing what they were doing, but they were not really held in very high esteem in the Jewish community. They, they were pretty low on the social pecking order. Craig Evans says this, In the first century, Palestine shepherds did not have their reputation for being overly circumspect with regard to the property of others. They were often held in contempt and considered as nothing more than roving vagabonds and thieves. And this description of, of, of uh, shepherds might have been well-deserved. This description might have been a stereotype that was cast on them, that maybe they weren't like that. But either way, which, whichever way it went, uh, these shepherds, these, these group of men in society, they were not looked upon particularly highly, but... God chooses them to bring an incredible message at an incredible time to speak through them to make this divine announcement at this time. Luke 2 verse 8, if you have your Bibles, otherwise it would be on the screen behind me. It says this, And in the, sa- in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear we see the same for Joseph we see the same for Mary initially fear and the angel said to them fear not today there's some people here today God is saying to you fear not I don't know what you're going through fear not for behold I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Anyone happy? There is a Savior who is Christ the Lord who has come for us. And this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace amongst all those with whom he is pleased. Continues on in verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the same that had been told them concerning this child. They shared what they had been told by the angel. And all who had heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them with her heart, as mums often do, right? And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as they had been told them. Wow. Wow. Ever wondered why God chooses the shepherds 
Ever wonder why God didn't choose the authorities of the day, the Roman Empire, so powerful and mighty, could have inherited this news? Ever wonder why he didn't choose the religious leaders, the, the church, the pastors to bring this news? Ever wonder why he didn't choose famous, well-known people in the community to announce the arrival of Jesus Christ? Ever wondered why in the scriptures you read it and you often see that, that God uses sometimes the most unlikely to bring the greatest of news and announcement to people or a nation or the world, ever wondered these things, it's because God wants to be very clear in letting us know this, that no earthly system defines who does or doesn't hear his good news. See, if, if, if it's going to be the government or it's going to be the religious leaders or the famous, if you're not in those circles, you're not going to hear the good news. But God says, no, it's not through them. The great announcement of Jesus' arrival is not for a certain class, race, or socioeconomic background, but rather, as it says in verse 10, I bring good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the people, that includes you, that includes me, all the good, all the people. It is good news to all the people. Tell someone this morning, it is good news to all the people. And so the questions, those two questions we've been looking at, uh, that first one, what does this divine encounter that the shepherds had reveal about them and about us? Number one, the divining, that divine encounters are to empower us for God's mission. Divine encounters are to empower us for God's mission. The shepherds have this divine moment, this behold moment, this, this moment that is off God. And what do they do? What they, what they don't do is they do not set up camp where they are and just stay there and praise God there. What they do is that they make haste, the scriptures say, to go out. They respond and say, let's go out and check what is going on. Our divine encounter with Jesus, if you know Christ this morning, our divine encounter that we have with Him when we first met Him uh, at our moment of salvation should propel us to spread His message, to tell someone, to speak about it, to draw people closer to Him because of what has happened to us. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never made that moment to say, Jesus, I, I, I acknowledge that you are my Savior. I need you at the end of my message. I'll give you that opportunity to do that this morning. But to, to, to invite and to let people know about Jesus. But this may not have been an easy thing for the shepherds to do. It may not have been an easy thing for them to do to go out and do this. It might have been difficult. It might have required them to overcome some fear and some insecurities. They might have asked some questions such as, what if no one believes us? These random guys rocking up to this baby in a manger. Hey, he's going to be this amazing king, the savior of the world. What if no one believes us? What if we get there and there are already priests and rulers and other people higher up in the social pecking order that are there? Will we be accepted? Will we be allowed to go in? What if the parents don't want us there? And maybe it's the same for you today. Maybe not those exact same questions. But other questions when it comes to telling or announcing or proclaiming what Jesus has done for your life, maybe you too think those type of things you're afraid as well. Maybe you ask things like, what will they think of me? What will they say to me? What if they disagree? What if, what if they're an atheist? What if they push back? What if they ask me questions? I don't know. Fear speaks to us loudly. Fear can shut us down before we even start. But I was doing some reading and I was looking at some research and there's a 
2016 study by Lifeway Research of 2,000 unchurched Americans that found this. The study asked these uh, un, un, unsaved un, unbelievers that they asked them, if someone came and told you about their faith, what would your response be? 47% they would be 47% said they would be open to having a discussion about that person's faith. And then another 31% in addition said that they would listen without you know, necessarily being active participants. So 78% of people said that they would be open to hearing someone talk about their faith. Now, today, I will admit that we're not in America. Uh, it's not 2016, it's 2023. But, but I would say this is an encouragement for us that more people than we realize are open to hearing us talk about our faith. More people than we realize. In fact, I would even say this. I would think that in 2023, maybe people are even more open to hearing. I believe that people are more than ever seeking and searching and looking for answers in life. They've realized the government isn't the answer. The career isn't the answer. The relationships aren't the answers. They're looking and searching for something else. They're looking for good news. And we have the greatest news, the good news of the arrival of a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. The kids could come. That'd be great. The shepherds heard this announcement and they take action. They say, let's go see this thing for ourselves that the Lord has told us about. See, an encounter with God should stir in us a response to action. God does something in our lives and we respond. The, the shepherds couldn't keep it to themselves. A passion rose inside of them. Verse 20, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that he had heard and seen as they had been told, as had, had been told them. Breaking fear always brings praise and worship. I want to encourage you today, when you step out in faith against maybe the fear in your life, there is always a praise and worship that comes because God comes into those moments. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. God steps into, the, into your world. And so today I want to ask us, how do you need, who do you need to tell about Jesus today? And maybe let me rephrase that. What do you need to tell them about why you go to church? What do you need to tell them about why it's important to you? What, what does being a church mean to you? Maybe how can you tell them what your faith means to you? Maybe you can tell them how your faith shapes the decisions you make the way you view the world, the way that you raise your children. Uh, what, do you need, what do you need them to know about what becoming a Christian means? You might have people who you know, who know that you're a Christian, but for whatever reason, they don't know how to become a Christian. And maybe an encouragement today is for us during this week is to, to say, hey, listen, this is why I'm a Christian. It's what I believe. If you ever want to become a Christian, this is what you need to do. Leave it there. And then at least they know what it means to become a Christian. Our next question today is, what does this divine encounter reveal about God? It reveals this, the good news of Jesus is for all. The good news of Jesus is for all. The angel said, good news for all people. This is good news for all. See, the good news is not just for you and your family. The good news is not just for people that look like me. The good news is not just for people that live where I live or have or were brought up like I was brought up or come from the same ethnic group that I come come from. The good news of Jesus Christ is for all of humanity. 
That's why I love in this church that there's a, a good reflection of, of, of Melbourne's multiculturalism. There's so many different people here today from so many different backgrounds and stories of life and, 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 and upbringings and ethnicities. It's a reflection of the good news is for all. See, the good news is for all nations and every tongue. The good news is for generations past, present, and future. The arrival of our Savior, our King above all kings is good news for the rich and the poor, the healthy and the sick. It's good news for the famous and the unknown. It's good news for the powerful and the powerless. It's no good news for those doing well and those who are struggling. The arrival of Jesus is good news for all. And at Christmas time, we remember the arrival of Christ as a baby. But we've got to realize, as Zoe said, it's the arrival of a king who's come to bring a new kingdom. And he's going to establish it on earth. And it's not going to be like earthly kingdoms. It's going to be a spiritual kingdom, which is going to require us to lean in and say, Good news. I accept your good news, Jesus, on my life. Today, the question is, what is the good news? What is the good news? What is the good news that is being, sorry, what is the news that is being brought by Jesus that is so good? Why do we call it good news? Like if we open the newspaper and you say there's some good news, I want to go to that section that shows you what the good news is, right? What's the good news today? Luke 2.14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, Peace, peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is on earth, peace. This is peace on earth. Who knows, 2023, we need some peace on earth, right? We need a little bit of peace on earth. There's wars going on all around the world at this moment. We need some peace. There's the brink of war in other areas around the world. There's cultural wars. There's political wars left and right. There's debates and wars in our churches about our theology and what we believe about the Scriptures, their relevance. Do we need to change them, update them? There's wars at home in our marriages and in our between parents and children. Like, let's be real. There's wars all around us. That's where we are today. Some peace on earth would be a great thing this Christmas. Can I get an amen? Some peace on earth. It'd be this would be great this Christmas. But can I say this? That is not the peace that the angel is talking about. That's not the peace that Jesus came to bring here on earth. See, that's not what he's talking about. This peace isn't a world free of war or trouble-free life or prosperity for all, best looking, best car, best house, best bank account, best peace. That's not what Jesus came to bring. The peace the angel announces is the end of the war between us and God. That's the peace that Jesus brings. See, the Scriptures tell us that the most important peace is not peace between human and human, but rather peace between man and God. Man and God in the carol where it says, Hark the herald angels sing. There's a line that says, God and sinners reconciled. 
It's the line that says, God now says, come back to me. God now says, my arms are open. I'm ready to receive you. It's the story of the prodigal son. God's looking from a distance. He sees you. He's calling you back to be reconciled to him. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. And the good news, the amazing news is we didn't deserve it. We can't earn it. You can't buy it. But it's the good news that when Jesus arrives, he is saying God has come to earth to bring us back to him. This good news is for all of humanity, every single person. Today, if you want to close your eyes, I'm going to invite the team up. And I want us to sing that song, There is a King. I want us to sing that this morning and I want to invite people forward today. This is going to be our last time this year that we're going to open the front up for prayer. I'm going to invite people to come forward for prayer. Maybe you just need God to move in your life today. You need to be reminded of the good news. Maybe maybe there's some healing you need. Maybe you need some restoration you need. Maybe there's some power of God you need in your life. I want to invite you to come up for prayer today but there's good news for every single person through the life of Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross his death but he didn't stay dead he he rose again he's alive and he ascended to heaven he enables us to come back to our true design our true design was to know God and to be in relationship with him our true design was to walk with God to commune with him to speak to him, to be in relationship with him. How amazing, how wonderful, what good news, what great joy, what a behold moment today. God, we just thank you this morning, all eyes closed, every head bowed. We thank you this morning in this place right now, Lord. Maybe you're here this morning and today the good news.